Red Soxing with the uh, Yankee fan slash diehard Mets fan, Peter Apple. I'm Nick F30. Uh, happy to be here for the <laughs> no, it's, baseball show. It's Nick EH30. That's the thing. They it's say the EH? EH. Not Nick F30. I thought he was like Canadian. I thought it was like a Canadian thing, like Nick F30. But uh, apparently I'm Nick EH30, but my real name is Jack McMullen. This is uh, the Just Baseball Show. Today is Tuesday, February 8th, and we talk about the Boston Red Sox today. But first, Peter Apple, the football five plays of the Pro Bowl on Sunday, and I need to talk your ear off about the Pro Bowl. Cool? Absolutely. Before we talk about the Pro Bowl, quickly, Nick EH30. I want everyone listening to the podcast to go look up a picture of who that is because he's a Fortnite streamer and someone came up with that joke way long ago and it has just continued to build because we haven't really responded to it. We haven't made like a video being like, oh yeah, this is what I look like. We just kind of let the comments come in like and just laugh at them and send them in the group chat. But if if you know what Jack looks like, go up on YouTube. That's, you know, he's got the glasses and he kind of looks like an author, but he's, he looks like a smart guy, but he looks ex- very similar to Nick EH30, but not all the way similar. I'd say you're more handsome, but we can talk I appreciate about that. Um, hey, Nick EH30, you said, well, you said, I kind of look like a smart guy. Do you believe that I am a smart guy or do I just look the part? At times, for sure, you can be smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Nick EH30, I just looked up net worth, $700,000. Not bad. De- definitely more. Yeah, definitely Fortnite more. Fortnite streamers? They make God. more than presidents these days. Well, presidents make uh, $400,000 a year. Uh, it's all taxpayer money, but, like, how, how fucked is that? Like, it, the yeah. U.S. president makes $400,000 a year, uh, and the NBA minimum contract is, like, <laughs> whatever, like $1.7 MLB's minimum contract is north of what the president of the United States makes kind of makes sense yeah one's Not entertaining and one sucks yeah what well, yeah and you could pick which side is entertaining and which one sucks um the, the more about the nba or less about the nba more about the fact that although yes the minimum salary in the nba is is far surpassing the president but like the median salary of a well-known twitch streamer is also above the president like Easy. i bet trevor may makes as much on his twitch stream as Joe Biden makes in the Oval Office. You think so? Trevor May, who's issuing statements out here. I love that Arm brought yeah. that up. Like, per his Twitch stream. Like, fuck us. What have we done with society <laughs> to get statements it's either, via Twitch stream? It's either fuck us or we're actually moving into the most transparent age of media. So it's, it's, it's like the fact that 10 years ago, you would never have an athlete talking with their audience about the game. So on one side, it's like, well, Trevor May, can the communication not be through your Twitch stream when you're negotiating with a multi-billion dollar organization in the MLB? But on the other side, it's actually kind of amazing that he's doing it and that we get a firsthand real reaction from a baseball player about it. So there's positives and negatives to both sides in my opinion. A hundred percent. That was a very high school English teacher answer from you there. Yes. And no, there are positives and negatives to everything. Um, well, there's no positives to the fucking Pro Bowl. That shit sucked. Okay, yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk about. The Pro Bowl, I had never watched. I had literally never tuned into the Pro Bowl ever because okay. I heard that it wasn't fun. It wasn't competitive. And I just kind of took that as law. And then I found myself at a brewery with my girlfriend. Weird flex that I both drink beer and date somebody. I know. But, Sick. Um, Sick yeah, for you. <laughs> I was at a craft brewery Sick. with my girlfriend wearing a, a chicks and beer sweater. Yeah, chicks, chicks and, and beer. beer. Hell beer yeah, and chicks. Yeah. Hell yeah, rock on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I I watched it um, over her shoulder because it was on in the craft brewery, and I was like, wait, hold on, like 
they they don't go to the ground like there's no like actual tackle here like we literally just watch bear hug football and then I kept on watching and I saw that Mac Jones like run um I know it didn't count but like I, just watching the trenches every play for five plays I was like no nah, yeah. I'm never gonna do this again ever in my life yeah see it's funny I'm on the other side I've watched every single Pro Bowl until this one because I'm like, what what do I what are we even doing? Like what is this? This isn't football. This isn't even This is they were playing flag football. Yeah. With all the brightest stars, with no point of competition. And I think what it just goes to show is how far ahead the MLB All Star game is ahead of the Pro Bowl. Even the NBA, the All Star festivities are coming up. Like nobody in hell is gonna watch the dunk contest. What are you talking nobody... about, bro? I'm gonna watch the dunk Dude. contest. Who's competing? I don't know. I'm gonna watch it. Exactly. Though. It's a bunch of nobodies. Like there's there's I think like I think Jalen Green is the is the big pull. Yeah, but that dude flies. He, awesome, but he, I know, but he's a rookie. Like there are no names in it. How about the home run derby where you got Pete Alonso, Salvador Perez, all the Trevor Story, all the Shohei Otani. Soto all the yeah. stars of baseball and Juan Soto. And then you have the actual MLB Ulster game, which was electric. The Pro Bowl it's boring and it's crazy because i can watch a lions jaguars game on thursday night and be entertained but the pro bowl was actually almost an insult to football the pro yeah. bowl feels like an insult to watching the rest of the games unfold especially after an incredible playoff weekend that we got in the nfl to then get the pro bowl it's like ugh. I don't want to yeah, but that. we got the Super Bowl coming up now, and we're going to talk, you know, closer to the Super Bowl. So we'll we'll get that we'll get that preview out of the way. Um, I know Shameless plug, not gambling advice show is coming out next week. We're going to have a full Super Bowl preview for you guys. It's going to be Colby Olson and I first episode of not gambling advice full Super Bowl preview, and then we'll be talking fantasy baseball and gambling. Had to give you a mid mid pod plug of another pod coming. Yeah, I totally understand. Now, uh, cheating on the Just Baseball show, Peter Apple, but it's also on the Just Baseball Network, so we are uh, hanging. We're all good, and uh, hopefully you allow me on to uh, dive into Mid-American Conference basketball. I will never offer gambling advice for that because I am employed by a Mid-American Conference. Uh, it's school. not gambling advice anyway, so what do you got to worry about? So there we go. But if you want to hear about Ben Vanderplas at Ohio, let me know. Mark Sears, really solid lead guard. Uh, but let's talk about all the Boston Red All my people Red call your people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a just baseball show, though, and it is Red Sox week. Uh, we're going to dive into the Boston Red Sox, who were close but no cigar in 2021. This roster screams close but no cigar again this year. So before we dive into them, Peter, give me your 30 to 60 second briefing on who the hell the Boston Red Sox are coming into this year. The Boston Red Sox opened 2021 with a 79 and a half win projection. Commonly referred to as a bit of an afterthought in the AL East, and it, as it seemingly looked like this team was destined for a step back. Step back? How about another major step forward? The Red Sox silenced the doubters, finishing 92-70, and 70, tied for the wild card with their rival Yankees. This team was an offensive juggernaut. They finished 5th in home runs, 3rd in OPS, 5th in runs behind their stars, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. Those three were amazing. But the under-the-radar guys need some love, too. Guys like Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, Hunter Renfro, and Bobby Dalbeck added a spark to what was already a potent offense. The pitching was pretty solid. Behind Nate Eovaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Nick Pavetta, they finished 15th as a staff in ERA. But a 7th place finish in FIP alerts us that this staff may have been pretty unlucky in 2021. And the bullpen was pretty solid, too. Which is a huge compliment considering what most thought of this Red Sox bullpen going into the season. They finished 13th in ERA, 10th in FIP, and 5th in saves behind the emergence of Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck. The Red Sox dismantled the Yankees in the wildcard game, beat the 100-win Rays in 4 games, but ultimately lost to the Astros in 7 in the ALCS. They were so close to a title in 2021, but can they get even closer in 2022? Let's freaking talk about it jack what's up uh i don't think they can get closer i'm gonna be a red sox hater off the jump literally i think they drastically outperformed what they were supposed to do last year i don't think you can replicate that kind of luck again and like 
yeah, I say luck, but there was also, you know, Kike Hernandez stood on his head, and, you know, you've got guys delivering in the clutch here, and Nathan Uvalde was Nathan Uvalde in the postseason, and you had pitchers step up. Like, Pavetta was great at points during the postseason. Um, but it was lucky. It was really lucky. That was not a roster that should be contending for a World Series title. But we're going to try and make the roster a little bit better, and we're going to try to help them get over the hunt. And we do that by doing an iPad episode. Spinny chair with the iPad. Look iPad at the iPad episode. for the people on YouTube. We're fired up. Also, um, if you're also watching on YouTube, you can see a Boston Red Sox hat sitting on top of my fan right there in view. Boston Red Sox, yes, I own a piece of apparel. We also got Timmy Wakefield sitting in your closet right there. Yeah, it was a choice between a Tim Wakefield 49 jersey with the home Red Sox white or the road Boston gray, a Xander Bogarts rookie jersey. I was in Boston the week before Xander got called up. The news went official that, like, he was – I think people knew, like, four days before he was making his MLB debut that he was coming up. The the fourth day, like the day that it was announced, and you had like four days till the debut, the Red Sox gift shops near Fenway stocked up on Xander Bogart's rookie jerseys with the number 72 on the back and not two. So I've got a Xander Bogart's 72 rookie jersey <laughs> sitting in there, but I opted for Tim Wakefield. So that is my uh, Red Sox story, but let's dive into this team. You want to do pitching or hitting first? Let's do pitching. Let- you want to start with the pitching first? I kind of like going with just catcher and then just branching. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All you know right. What I'm saying. Yeah. All start right. Start with okay. the backstop. Let's do it. Uh, Christian Vasquez has one more year on his contract. So does Kevin yeah. Ploiecki. Both are off the books after 2022. So it is the last rodeo for these guys. Connor Wong does not look like the answer behind the plate. Red Sox are going to need a catcher next year, but this year they've got their guy in Vasquez. Yeah, and if this was a let's plan on the Red Sox, you know, two, three years down the line, what's the best fit? Maybe we, you know, we go sign a free agent, but at least for this season right now, Christian Vasquez is the answer. He's all right. He's fine, and like Ploiecki's a fine backup. Yeah. Yeah. No I mean, we're not going to touch anything. Yeah, we're not going to touch anything. But also, it's not necessarily an area of strength for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. First base is a strength now, and it's two really young guys. Bobby yeah. Dalbeck is probably going to get the opening day nod at first base. Guy's got loads of power. There are times where he cannot hit anything. Like, yeah. I'm talking batting practice. He's probably whiffing a little bit. There are times where he Seriously. looks like he cannot touch shit. But there are other times where he looks like Babe Ruth. So Bobby Dalbeck is probably going to be the opening day first baseman. Tristan Casas is going to be ready this year. And Tristan Casas mm-hmm. has as much power as anybody in minor league baseball. And that guy is going to be the future first baseman of the Boston Red Sox. I promise you that. Who's a, who's a pro comparison for Tristan Casas? Because I've heard a lot of Freddie Freeman. And I wanted to throw that name at you for a guy that reminds you of Tristan Casas. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, because I think Freeman is better with the hit tool. Uh, yeah. But Casas at the time is better with the power tool than Freddie Freeman. I want you to think best case scenario, Matt Olson, who's just got a shit ton of wow. thump. Like Casas is a worse defender, but at the plate, I want you to think Matt Olson. And Olson, you know, there are times where the swing gets long and he can go into strikeout spells, but when he's hitting the ball, like it is, they're piss missiles over walls, left and right. And I think that's what he can be. Matt Olson finished as a top ten hitter in all of baseball in WRC plus. Uh, yeah. That is a that is a phenomenal comp and something that we could actually see. Do and I think where Matt Olson's it? value gets a little bit higher is defensively. Do I agree with it? Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I mean we might have just have seen the best season we'll ever get from Matt Olson, but. If I'm looking at a guy in Tristan Casas, and and just off the jump, this is kind of a what I think we'll see from him on a 162 average. I think we'll see a 280 batting average. I think we'll see between 35 and 40 home runs, and above average, probably average defense at first base. Um, he's going to drive in 100, and he's going to be a mainstay in this Red Sox lineup for a very long time. I, I'm I'm more excited about Tristan Casas than just about any prospect. In the AL 
East. Like I was going to say just in the Red Sox organization, I know Marcelo Meyer is probably their one guy who you'd probably rank above Casas, but maybe, I don't know. Casas seems like one of the best bets to be an above average regular out of any prospect in the AL East. So here's the thing, 77 games with Double A Portland this past year. The guy hit 13 bombs, drove in 52 in 77 games. He had a 15% walk rate and a 19% K rate. This guy walks all the freaking time, and he's going to get he's up and he's still going to walk. He's a professional hitter that has some thump. I think he's got a little bit more power than Freddie Freeman had when he first came up uh, with Atlanta. I think he's got a little bit less of the hit tool than Freddie Freeman had. Like, I don't know. He hit 284 with Portland, but he had a 400 OBP. I think yeah. that's where he's at. Like, if he really rounds into form, I think at the big league level, he's 284 with a 400 OBP. Yeah, he yeah, like I was I'm just thinking about it. he could be 275, 385, 30 and be you know one of the best first basemen in all of baseball. But at least for 2022, Bobby Dalbeck, you know, there are times where it looks like he's swinging with his eyes closed. He's the guy. It's but like then yeah, but he makes contact sometimes and you're like <laughs> that's that sounds different. He's got donkey pop. Yeah, I like that. Donkey Pop. That's yeah, good. Donkey um, Pop. <laughs> but, that's uh, how Dustin Debiter describes it, just as these dudes who just have thump. And, it, like, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Luis Robert might be able to hit the ball farther than Bobby Dalbeck. But Luis Robert doesn't have Donkey Pop. To qualify for Donkey Pop, you got to look like Luke Foyt. you got to look like a thumper to have Donkey yeah. Pop. Bobby Dalbeck falls into that. Yeah, so Bobby Dalbeck is one of those guys. You know, Bryce Harper is one of those guys, too, that has just stupid strength like that, and you see it with the swing He's got speed. stupid strength, not donkey pop. I don't know, man. Like, here's how it's I classify. has got to be way fatter. Ah, uh, okay, fair. <laughs> uh, but here's how I view Bobby Dalbeck. If I'm playing first base or third base, I'm pissing myself. If I have yeah. a hard ground ball hit my way, I'm peeing my pants if Bobby Dalbeck smacks a baseball my way on the ground. I'm like, that we're is just at, screaming. It's like Pete Alonso. 115 exit belows. Yeah, it's like Pete Alonso with the 117 mile an hour ground out. It's like it, Pete Alonso, donkey pop. He's got to have donkey pop. Absolutely. Who's the one hitter in baseball if you're up on a bunt? If you're up oh on a God. bunt, who's about the death? most terrifying hitter in baseball if you're the third baseman? Because that re- it's right-handed hitters we're talking about right now. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of lefties that, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. Right-handed I think the hitters, answer's, who's the guy? Yeah, I think the answer is Vladdy. That's a good one. I was thinking Judge or Stanton. Also, I don't want to be at third when J.D. Martinez is smacking balls. Yeah, no, I don't either. That's why we don't do it. That's why we talk about those guys <laughs> that stand over there. It's not um, that we don't do it. It's we <laughs> couldn't do it. Not, <laughs> not that we choose to not. Speaking of third base, um... <laughs> One of those guys that actually looks like he's scared shitless to field his position at times is Rafi Devers. But you know what? Rafi Devers is a fringe superstar because if he was a DH, he would be the best DH on planet Earth. Like, that's who Devers is. The guy is one of the best hitters in the game. And Rafi Devers creates zero questions for the Red Sox at third base. Zero questions. The only question is, can he defend his position? But when you have a bat like that, you kind of be like, eh, whatever you can give us at, on defense is, is fine. But and you, you know, know what? I knew... In 2021, like, the defense, like, it it wasn't good, but it didn't suck. Like, he's getting a little bit better. Eh, it kind of A little bit better. No, he is getting – I agreed. He is getting a little bit better. I agree. And in the playoffs, he looked good defensively, too. So, it, maybe we're trending in the right direction. No, no, I agree. I, I, I'm with you on that one. I think we're trending in the right direction with Rafael Devers. But you know when I knew that this guy was going to be a star? So – Forgive me on the year. I think it was 2018 when Devers was 20 years old. He comes in bottom of the ninth against Chapman at Yankee Stadium. And he hits a ball. It's about 103. Chapman threw it 103 miles an hour. And I know Red Sox fans could probably appreciate this moment because I remember it so vividly when I knew that guy's going to be a problem. He had a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. It was on the outside part of the plate. It was above the strike zone from a roll to Chapman. From a lefty when you have Rafael Devers as a left-handed hitter. He hits this ball. First of all, one thing to catch up on 103 out of the zone. Next thing is to absolutely barrel it. Hits it over the left-field fence. 
kind of near like the 399 area went right into the bullpen yeah he and i'm like there are few players at whatever peak you're at that can do that he's doing that as a old teenager a young 20 year old this guy's gonna make it and look where he's at now not saying that i predicted it but i'm saying like it was clear (laughs) that he's had this from a very young age that's where it really comes from it's like once he stepped onto the diamond he became one of the better hitters in baseball I can't wait for Rafi Devers' MVP speech in 2025 where he says, you know, the guy that I really want to thank, I could thank every coach and trainer and dietitian I've ever had, but the guy I really want to thank is Peter Apple for believing in me after that 1AB against Aroldis Chapman in Yankee Stadium when I was 20 years old. Not enough people are thanking us for their success, and it, it it gets to me. No, that's fine. I want Freddie Peralta to thank me during the Cy Young thing. Uh, so that's that. I, you know what? Can you We're imagine? For that. I will shit myself if Freddie actually was like, I got my start on the Just Baseball show from the guys. Like, no Yeah, problem. those guys piped me up. So I was like, you know, they gave me confidence. And that's why I went out there and like opponents hit 120 against me. Um, one of the best shortstops in baseball, Xander Bogarts. He's in Boston. Yeah. I mean, this guy like pay him until he's done. I love Xander Bogarts. He's the Red Sox shortstop for the foreseeable future. It's hard to do these GM episodes when guys are just such mainstays and just like, I mean, what are you going to talk about them? Should, I, should we tell you how good of a hitter Xander Bogarts is? You already know how good of a hitter Xander Bogarts is. He's one of the right. best hitting shortstops in baseball, will continue to be one of the best hitting shortstops in baseball, and when he came up as a prospect, was one of the best hitting prospects in baseball. It's just I, I think would... the only question is, will Xander Bogarts become a Hall of Famer or not? Right. That is a good question. Um Here's what you talk about with the Red Sox, though, because you don't have to talk about Devers. You don't have to talk about Bogarts. You don't have to talk about when we get to pitching Chris Sale. You don't have to talk about Verdugo and Wright because, like, those guys are all solidified there. What you do need to talk about is the Red Sox lack of a third middle infielder because you got Christian mm-hmm. Arroyo as the second baseman. You got Jonathan Arauz back there. And then you've got Jeter Downs, who, like, what's going to happen? with him like he could be up on the opening day roster in 2022 but he had a sub 700 ops in Pawtucket this past year it's tough man like it's really tough to see the third middle infielder or the utility guy on this roster is it Arroyo is Arroyo good enough to be a World Series caliber utility guy and to that my answer is honestly no yeah I mean (laughs) Christian Arroyo He's 26-year-old. He's He had a 770 OPS last year. Decent Which player. Which is decent. That's a good utility OPS. Yeah, you know, it's just the problem is he doesn't walk and he strikes out 25% of the time. So, but, I mean, that's not the only problem here. He's, the question is, is he a middle infielder? Is he the starting second baseman for a World Series team? Not is Christian Arroyo a starter on an MLB team, right? And I think that's we're in the middle ground there. He's a starter and should play second base for the Red Sox next year. I'd pencil him in right now. I think he could possibly get better. Like, could we see a 780 OPS next year? You know, let could, could we see some improvements? I think it's very it's possible. It's hard. Yeah, it, it, it is very hard. But if we get the same level of production that we got last year, elongated over 162, he's a solid player. But if we're talking about a World Series champion infield, may have to upgrade there. I don't know if this is the answer at second base. And let's talk upgrades at that position. Uh, I think there is one guy that really jumps out to me that's open in the free agent market right now, and that's Donovan Solano. I think you immediately get better if Donovan Solano is your second baseman. I agree. I like that. I I would go with Donovan Solano. Another Another under-the-radar name, and I've named him before, but I feel like this could actually be a pretty solid veteran in their clubhouse. What about Jed Lowry? Is he a starter on a World Series team anymore, though? What I know is that Jed Lowry comes through in the clutch. Whenever you need a hit, Jed Lowry is there. I think Jed Lowry, if you, if you, if you have like a platoon there with Lowry and Solano, Lowry going up against righties, Solano going up against lefties, it's a very solid platoon, but then that then you're kind of pushing Christian Royal out of the conversation, and I think he's too good to push out of the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I just think like if you could deploy Christian Arroyo in the ways that you can deploy um, 
Just thinking of utility guys that bounce around like nobody's business. Um, hey, Luis Urias a little bit in Milwaukee, right? Like he can play third when Eduardo Escobar was out during the home stretch. He can play short when Adamas needs a breather. He can play second when Wong needs a breather. Like I think best case scenario, Christian Arroyo's role looks a lot like Luis Urias's. Yeah, or maybe even a Mauricio Dubon. We were just talking about the Giants. Yeah, A, a yeah. guy like that who could just play all over the infield, give Bogarts a break, give Devers a break. Um, yeah, I like that better. I, 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 I think they should invest in this infield, but it's like, yeah. No, I don't no, know. We just keep... We're gonna we're gonna get to it. I I want to end the pod talking about the outfield, but let's talk about who they currently have right now. I want to end the yeah. pod talking about possible additions to the outfield. So let's talk about the state of the outfield right now. Uh, corners are set. Kike Hernandez is is it is it ugh. Kike Hernandez is in his final year of control. So this is a contract year. If Kike replicates what he did for the Red Sox last year, especially in the postseason, I mean, he might get like a half a billion dollar deal. Like this guy was Superman during the postseason in the home stretch. So Kike in left, uh, Verdugo no, 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 in no. right. Kike, Kike's got to be in center. They signed Jackie Bradley Jr. to a three-year deal or a two-year deal. I know. Is he going to be the starting center fielder, though? I totally understand what you're saying. because, But Kike Hernandez was one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball last year in center field, according to Outs Above Average. He was that dude. Do you move him off of center field, and are you mostly using Jackie as a, all right, we need Kike to play second today. We need Kike to play left. We need Kike to kind of move around, and that's what Jackie Bradley Jr. is for. Because I think opening day, Kike has to be in center. Because I believe in this Kike Hernandez kind of revolution in Boston. I do. You know, the hard hit rate was good. He's walking more than he ever has. Um, You know, the hard hit rates were good. He's hitting more fly balls than he ever has. He's limiting the ground ball. He's hitting more line drives than he ever has. He had a good second half. He had a great playoffs. I'm investing in Kike Hernandez. I think that's your center fielder. Unless you want to move him to second base. And dispel Christian Royal, maybe not go after Solano or Jed Lowry. But I, I you got to put Kike in center, in my opinion. So, like, I agree with you in principle, but I will disagree that you have to. Um, because we know, like, for some reason, the Red Sox have been sipping this Jackie Bradley Jr. juice. And they sent him off to Milwaukee, and they were like, oh, God, I want Jackie Bradley Jr. back. I need my fix of JBJ. And they're getting it now. And they're paying him $9.5 million this year. They've got a mutual option for $12 million next year. 32 and 33-year-old Jackie Bradley Jr. over the next two years. JBJ, the bat sucks at times, like so bad. But he's one of the most electrifying center fielders this game has. I think he's your opening day center fielder without any changes and Kike Hernandez is your opening day left fielder. But I think they should be making a change in the outfield. You think so, too, so we will circle back to that. Uh, let's wrap up the hitter talk real quick with the DH. J.D. Martinez is mm-hmm. on one. He's a stud. He's so good. So good. I wonder if he'll make the Hall of Fame one day. No. Probably not. But no. Hall of very good. This guy will probably retire with over 400 home runs. He's, he's a guy who... We're going to miss when he's gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to miss when he's um, gone. Another outfielder I forgot to mention. Jaron Duran is in the fold, too. But Duran, like, yes. is he, uh, he going to hit? Is he going to hit? Know. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty athletic. You know, he's a good center fielder. He's got some he's, speed. You know, he's fast. He, he reminds me of Jacoby Ellsbury. If, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury. But without, you know, like, Duran hit. Bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think... That's it's close. It's close-minded to just call him a, a defense speed guy and then just kind of throw him to the wayside. He could be good. He's a top prospect in their system for a reason. I just yeah. When I watch Jaron Duran, I don't see a ton of potential with the bat. Maybe that's just me. But maybe it's not. I yeah. Like I kind of like it. Like I I like Jaron Duran. I like the idea of Jaron Duran, but. You can't give him more than 40 games to figure it out if you want to win a World Series this year. Like, if you were in a different situation and you were like, okay, you know, it would be a plus to make the postseason, then I say, you know what, give Jaron Duran 80 games and, and see what he is. 
But now you have to be more careful in getting your prospects big league reps because every game matters now. And like the difference at the end of the year between 97 wins and 102 wins is massive. And it could be the difference in your season. So I don't know, like May 10th is Jaron Duran starting an outfield spot if nobody's hurt. And like, I don't think you can do that if you're the Red Sox until he really proves that he's a guy. Did the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr. almost make you think, how much confidence does Heim Bloom, the GM of the Red Sox, have in Duran? I think he's or, a security blanket. Or is Jackie kind of there to teach Duran? But what is he going to teach him offensively? That's where he needs it. <laughs> yeah, well, and here's the thing, though. Like, Jackie, he's not going to teach him shit offensively. <laughs> here's um, how you butt. <laughs> right like here's how you try and slap it the other way it, it works sometimes um but you know with Duran like I don't know it's hard because you bring Jackie in for the next two years if you actually had full confidence in Jaron Duran you wouldn't bring anybody in because the time is now for him to be a contributor for your team much like what the Mariners did with Kelnick right there's nobody blocking Kelnick now he's the guy moving forward it's what they're going to do with Julio Rodriguez, too. It's what the Royals are going to do with Bobby Witt. When Witt is ready, nobody's in his way. Taylor mm-hmm. Walls was in Wander Franco's way for a second, but when Wander Franco was up, it was Wander Franco's. With those next tier of guys where you don't have total confidence, you have security blankets. So Jaron Duran, they're, they're banking on him not being ready for two more years. What does that tell you about their faith in Jaron Duran? Absolutely. And also, it seems like they have a, there's definitely a push to add defense, right? Because they traded away yeah. Hunter Renfro, and Renfro was just not that great of a, of a defender. Yeah, um, so he couldn't get to anything. He couldn't catch anything. But when he got to it, that arm is a bazooka. A bazooka. And we saw that it, he, he went back into his perfect game profile. And was just like, I bet I could throw it so hard into home plate, <laughs> third base. I mean, that was yeah. just, that was the calling card for Hunter Renfro. But it's clear that Bloom wants to make additions on defense. Um, because in the all, in reality of it, the Red Sox were a bottom five team, according to outs above average, in defense. Like, they're just, this is not a good defensive team. Um, yeah. So you could see, that's why I'm like, is Christian Arroyo... Because he is a solid defender. I don't know. I don't know. I like he's fine. Um, we'll circle back to the outfield additions, uh, but some prospects are going to be really good. We talked about all the guys that can contri- contribute in 2022. Uh, Marcelo Meyer probably up around 2024. Really like him. Uh, I really like Nick York. Do you like yeah. Nick York? Love Nick York. He's going to be a very good second baseman. That's probably their answer at second base if we're talking 2023 because this dude rakes. And he was a uh, he was a second rounder. He was under slotted um, yeah. and has just hit his way through the minor leagues and will continue to hit his way into the major leagues. Yeah, low A and high A this past year, he slashed 325, 412, 516. Jeez. That's a hitter. That's a That's hitter. A hitter. That's a hitter. Uh, Blaze Jordan has the chance to be good. He's got some power, but he's really young. He's got to fill into his frame. That's a 2024 guy. And then Alex Benellis was a Sarah, was a uh, Louisville guy who um, has some pop. So Benellis could be a contributor in 2024. But pitch solid farm, right? They have a solid farmish. It's fine. Like I don't know if you're going to land the big. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to land the big fish in the trade market unless you bid york or casas adieu doesn't it kind of remind you of a step above the padre system yeah less steep with the drop off and the padres top is better than the red sox top but like do you think it is yeah i do i do Hmm. maybe i do i think abrams hassel camposano and gore is better than meyer casas york and duran we'll see what casas is i don't know I don't. Casas could be the best prospect out of all of them. I mean, Abrams, dude. Like, yeah, he's Abrams good. is the top dog among all the eight that I just named. Abrams is the top dog. All right, we'll see. Um, starting rotation: Chris Sale is under control through 2024. Nathan Yavaldi is up after this year. He hits the unrestricted free agent market. He is going to get paid a little bit. I think high annual value 
two, three years, but Yavaldi has deserved it after this year. Nick Pavetta under control through 2024. Tanner Houck is just getting started. That guy has like frontline potential. Rich Hill just signed one year, $5 million. James Paxton, James Paxton is one year six with club options through 2024. Michael Waka is one year, $7 million. So they have a bunch of mid 30 year old white guys. Uh, and it's going to work out for them. I think, um, Beauty in numbers. I don't really think you need to add anything to this starting rotation. You, you might have to. Where? Because you've got uh, Sale. Yeah, I mean, they kind of already did. Yeah. No, you yeah, got go four. again. Yeah. You've got four. So Sale's the one. And I think he's going to bounce back. I have full faith that Chris Sale Me is going to be an ace again. Nathan Uvalde, I think, is one of the best twos in baseball. Agreed. Um, Tanner Houck is a young phenom. I'm, the I'm thing is, in on Tanner Houck, I'm in on Houck completely but is he going to be a bullpen guy i don't think so immediately put him in the starting rotation because heimblum came out and said that he thinks that both garrett whitlock who was the reliever but he might close this year and tanner Houck can both start and be in the bullpen so i think we should right now assume that they're in the bullpen for now right that's why i was thinking that they would have to add another starter because michael walker and Dick Mountain, a.k.a. Rich Hill. I don't think those are the guys to put you over the Dick Mountain. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, Thank you. How he could start, he could be in the bullpen. I'm going to say he starts. I'm going to say he opens the year in the rotation. You okay. want to say he opens the year in the bullpen and works his no, way we in the could, rotation? We could, I, I just think that that's what will happen, but we can start with him in the rotation because he should be in the rotation. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's start for the sake of the exercise. Let's start with him in the rotation. So sales, the one Yavaldi's the two Hauk is the three Pavetta is the four. I think Pavetta is a solid four in major league baseball. Me too. Me too. Um, sneaky 97 at times. Like yeah. he grabs sevens and eights. Um, he me in the playoffs. He was, a, he had moxie. He did. He had he bravado. Spunk. Yeah. yeah. He had some serious spunk, some, some gonads yeah. going on here. Um, yeah, he had nuts for sure. <laughs> Three-way three way tie for the five in this rotation is Dick Mountain, James Paxton, Michael Waka. So if I'm the Red Sox, like, I'm not adding because pick. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think two of those guys can, like, be a fine five, and then the other could, like, be in Pawtucket, or not Pawtucket, sorry. Just combine them. Just uh, combine them. Yeah. Form this mega guy. James. Rich. James Dick. Waka. How about James Dick Waka? Dick Walkton. Dick Walkton. Yeah. <laughs> Rich Hill, Michael Waka, James Paxton. Dick Walkton. Dick Walkton. That's the five. Dick Walkton. Dick Walkton. There we go. I love Dick Walkton. <laughs> Dude, if Dick He's my Walkton favorite pitcher can, now. If Dick Walkton can stay healthy, I mean, you got 98 from the left. From the Paxton side of Dick Walkton. And you got a you got, 69 mile an hour breaker. You got a 69 mile an hour breaking ball. <laughs> and Michael Walker, he'll give you the size, like the pitcher profile. Like th- when you think of Dick Walker, think of Michael Walker's body with James Paxton's fastball as a lefty and Dick Mountain's curveball. I was thinking Michael Walker provides World Series experience and a can do attitude. I love it. We're we're looking at Michael Waka to bring in the uh, intangibles. Yeah, exactly. So Michael Waka's intangibles, James Paxton's, and James Paxton's like heat, and then you got Rich Hill's breaking ball. So perfect. Problem is, is James um, Paxton ever going to throw ninety eight again? No, never. No, <laughs> he's going to be like ninety three. Yeah. If he but throws north of ninety seven, like if he if he sits ninety six point five or higher in one of his first couple of starts, I'll Venmo you five dollars. Deal. Okay. We're shaking our hands Shake on it. for all those. Yeah, there we go. You're shaking that. your right I, hand. I'm shaking my left hand. Perfect. Um, yeah, I am. All right, Garrett Whitlock, are we just penciling him in as the closer? We should. I mean, he had an under two ERA last year. He was freaking dirty. A guy that got in the Rule 5 draft out of nowhere. Former Yankees farmhand. Just stole yeah. him away, and now we're putting him in as a closer. And a deserved closer role for one of the best relievers in the American League in 2021. Yes, uh, Garrett Whitlock could start if they need him. I mean, he's a former starter. I think yeah. he's best used, though, in the bullpen, considering we have Dick Watka 
and um, and the other four. I don't yeah, even Dick, care about the other four now. All I care about is Dick Watka. Dick Wat uh, Wachton. Dick Wachton. Dick Wach. Dick Wachton. Yes. Dick Wachton. Uh, <laughs> so Whitlock, Matt Barnes was like really good. The front half, the back half, he tapered off. But Barnes, I think, is a setup guy. Dude, talk about back half. He had a he posted a five nine five ERA past July second. You can't rely oh. on this guy to do anything. Yeah, you can't oh. rely on him. But he was really good in the first half, and his overall season is fine. I mean, he had like I think he finished the four two four ERA, so not good. But it's I mean, and he, I, I can't trust him. I'm not putting him in the eighth inning role. Yeah, yeah. Beauty in numbers, again, Josh Taylor, Darwinson, Hernandez, Austin Davis, Hirokazu Sawamura, Ryan Brazier, Phillips Valdez. Like, that's a lot of mediocre guys that I just rattled off. Yeah, those are a bunch of names that if you, like, you know, if you're, if you switched up some last names and first names and just, like, put them all in a big group, I, you know, nobody could probably tell the difference except Red Sox fans. But there are some names in there that were pretty good. Josh Taylor Actually, I do think could be the eighth inning guy. I know he's 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 not a lefty specialist, even though he is a lefty, um, but has been used like that in the past. But has been used in seventh inning and eighth inning roles. I like Josh Taylor. I, I would I would have him as my eighth inning guy, unless there are so many free agents out there that could that could have some of those innings in the back end of the bullpen. Um, I think we need to add some bullpen pieces. Yeah, can we? Yeah, we can. Free agent wise, yeah, let's talk about prospects first. You got Brian Bayo, uh, Bello, it's Bayo, good. however you want to say it. Who? Okay, you say good. I good. say Looks four six six ERA and a one four WHIP in fifteen starts in Double A last year. Not ideal. But he looks not like ideal he has good stuff. I was I was just watching him this morning. He's got some firepower to him. I like him. I we'll see how he develops, yeah. but I don't think he's a guy that we're penciling into the twenty twenty two equation. Hell no, hell no. Although he could be up at, at a point, I think he should start the year in Portland. If he performs well, then he should go to Worcester. And then mm-hmm. after that, maybe he finishes in Boston. We'll see. Brian Mata is coming off a of Tommy John surgery. He had in April. He's a 22-year-old. He's not going to factor in. Jay Groom is the mystery of all mysteries. This guy yep. was a 1-1 Cinderella that went 12th to Boston in 2016, 2017, and then he had a bunch of signability and makeup concerns, and then all of a sudden he's not that good, and he had a 5-2-9 ERA and 18 starts in high A with Greenville this year. Like, if you get something out of him, cool. He was a 6-6, 250-pound lefty with, like, 1-1 type stuff out of high school, but, I mean, this guy is just like, I don't know. These 1-1 lefties are sometimes scary. Jay yeah. Groom, Mackenzie Gore. Who was that? Uh, who was that lefty that got taken first overall? Um, was who never Aiken a lefty? Out? Yeah, Brady, Brady Aiken? Aiken. Is that who I'm talking about? Yep. It's hard. It's really hard with high school pitchers, and like you can like Jackson Job as much as you want, but the reality is he's a high school pitcher, and like he looks dirty though. He looks. But we dirty. might be making the same mistake. No, but you I know, think he's gonna be good. And there's plenty I think of he's gonna be high good. schools who have who have high school pitchers who have worked out, but. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 a slippery slope there. It's hard because, you know, more often than not, the guys that are like top 10, as you hear that sound in the back right now, I knew this was going to happen at some point. We're getting windows installed right now. This is still the quietest room in my home, and we're getting windows installed. So uh, you're going to have to bear with me here until the drilling stops. But, um, you know, with, with Groom, like, there are a lot of high school arms that just haven't panned out in recent memory. You are, we already mentioned Groom. We mentioned Brady Aiken. Uh, let's talk Riley Pint. You want to talk Tyler Kolick? We can do that too. I mean, like there are so many names here that just haven't really worked. Um, and Groom feels like he's going to be added to that list. I hated to include Job there because I'm not saying Job is going to bust. Like we think Job is going to be really good. But I'm just saying there's high volatility rates with top 10 caliber high school pitchers. So Groom, don't expect anything from him in 2022. A guy that could be a middle reliever for this team down the stretch, who I think could be a starter at the MLB level, is Chris Murphy, who I know Mm -hmm. somewhat well because he was out in Brewster, Massachusetts when I was. Chris Murphy, left-hander, up to the mid-90s with a dirty, dirty changeup. 
Chris Murphy is going to be a big league arm. I think the Red Sox hope it's with them. And this guy came out of nowhere. He was a middle-round pick, and then now he's a fringe top-10 prospect in the system. I've heard about Murphy. I think – I've heard reports – he has two MLB-ready pitches right now. Couldn't he start opening day in that bullpen and be serviceable with those two pitches? Yeah, I am worried about... And, like, knowing him, knowing how mentally strong he is, I think he could do it. I am worried about what if you get dinged up a couple of times in the first two weeks. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. Like, I, he is... Um, he was a Greenville guy. Like, he was Lowell, which was short season A in 2019, and then he was, like, a Greenville to Portland guy in 2021. I think he's got to spend a month or two in Worcester, and if he's shoving... And if you get him in, like, some short outing roles, like, say he goes two innings out of the pen a couple of times, and he looks really good and he looks the part, I say get him up. Like, go get some bullpen help within your organization. They could use another lefty. I like I like that idea. I think he'll be up All soon. Right. Let's add free agent market. Two guys I want to point out. Okay. Colin McHugh is the first one. Huh. Why Colin McHugh? Because he's mean, 35. <laughs> That's why, because he's 35. Yeah. Um, but do they need guys like Colin McHugh? Because Colin McHugh is is a worse version of Pavetta and Hauk. Like, just more stopgap guys. I feel like they need they need hammers at the back end. They need Ryan Tapera. They could use a guy like Andrew Chafin. They could use a, they could use a stopper in the back end rather than a stopgap between the fourth and the sixth. See, I just feel like, um, for some reason, I feel like Tapera and Chafin are already signed somewhere because we keep handing them to every team we do. Because why, why the hell's nobody, why did hell did nobody sign them before the lockout? I mean, they're <laughs> going to get their money post-lockout. But because they're the best relievers on the market, and a lot of these teams need guys like this, and they're not going to be crazy expensive. Brad Boxberger. I'll give him to the Red Sox. Why not? You love Brad Boxberger. You think Brad Boxberger is going to win the Cy Young in 2022? Plus 50 million? <laughs> Thinking about laying a dollar or two? Yeah, I'll sprinkle 40 <laughs> cents on that. Um, another guy that I'm kind of interested in because he can come back at the right time. Jimmy Nelson had Tommy John in August. Yeah, good one. Good one. But I like Jimmy Nelson for them. Yeah. No, I do too. But again, another you know, middle relief guy. Don't they need, like, fucking closers? They need setup guys, because I think Whitlock is a good closer, and I think if Barnes bounces back, then he's a good closer. But so will now, he bounce back? He's not that good. I don't know. I don't know. Now a couple of trade guys. You ready? Yes. Two in Miami. Are you listening, mm. Aram? Dylan Floro and Richard Blyer. Yeah. You want Didn't me to think throw that players? was going to be sexy, huh? I, I'll keep no, throwing them. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to cost much. Um, right. And they're both solid reliever options. I like it. But Lou Trevino in Oakland? And I like Lou Trevino better than Blyer or whoever the other me one too. was he named. Me too. If Oakland's looking to rebuild and they ship off Chapman and or Olsen, likely and Olsen, um, blow it all up, and Trevino can get you a return. I mean, you could look at somebody like Benellis for Trevino straight up, or maybe Jeter Downs. Maybe the uh, A's want to buy low on Jeter Downs, like Downs for Trevino. Do you think Downs for Trevino, is that too much from the Red Sox? Like, is Downs that, is he really falling off a cliff like that? Dude, I mean, he couldn't hit last year. Yeah, but how are we going to give him another chance? He's still a pretty good prospect. I don't know. I, I don't know. Lou Trevino for Jeter Downs? That just But Trevino like... is like Trevino's <laughs> like closer stuff. Like Trevino oh, is yeah. wonky delivery that's ninety nine at your face. Oh yeah. No, I, I like Benellis. Let's say Benellis yeah. for Lou Trevino. I'm in. I'm in. That's a phenomenal trade I'm in. Okay, cool. Score I'm one in. for Jack. <laughs> yeah. Suck I like it, it, everybody. <laughs> um and then another guy who is really toolsy. TJ Antone in Cincinnati. That's another good one. Another one of these stopgap guys, though. I mean, no, he could be. Because TJ could start. Right. Like, he could fill both roles. I just, um, 
I just don't think they need a closer. Like, throw me some names. I drew. I mean, are we talking about like um, for trade pieces? Yeah. You said Chafin and Tapera. I'm thinking, like, what type of bullpen arm do you want? You know, it's funny. Mark Melanson would have been that guy. That's the guy <laughs> who I thought is just a solid bullpen arm who you know what you're going to get, but the Arizona Diamondbacks swooped him up. Let me think just off the top of my head. Yeah, but you could deal for Melanson at the deadline. That's true. I think true, the Red think Sox that's... are going to be deadline movers. When it comes to relief yeah. pitching, the Red Sox are going to be deadline movers. I think we're already projecting that. I, I like that. I think the Red Sox deal for Melanson at the deadline, get that closer that they need. Fair, fair. I, but it's yeah. not to say that they need a closer because they do have Whitlock. I'm just saying you need closer-type arms. All of these elite bullpens, they have three or four guys who could realistically close games. When you look at the Red Sox bullpen, I see Garrett Whitlock as the only option to close games. What if Barnes. Garrett Whitlock gets hurt? No. Like, no way, bro. As Ooh. a Yankee fan watching Barnes, he gets crushed. He's not a guy I want in the ninth inning. Like, I, as a Yankee fan, I'm telling you, like, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I do not want Matt Barnes closing out the ninth. It's similar to, like, Chapman at times. Like, it's just like, I don't know. But, no, but Chapman's better than Barnes. But it's just like, I don't want that. I don't want any of that in my ninth. I really don't. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I think I think the Red Sox are going to be in a holding pattern. I think they're going to be wait and see mode. And if they feel like they need a ninth inning guy at the deadline, they're going to go get their ninth inning guy. I also think that a lot of the really good ninth inning guys are on teams that we think are going to win. But yeah. uh, the numbers indicate that not everybody that we think is going to win is going to win. So when teams are looking to fire sale and dump off an end of an era like the Cubs just did, um, yeah. I'd recommend the Red Sox start calling people in like early July. I agree. I, so. I think you're going to see Bloom make some quick moves at the deadline. So as, as we wrap up here, do you think the Red Sox – oh, you just did a little flippy motion to me. Yeah, I'm saying – didn't we want to flip back to outfield additions? To oh, yeah, we the, do. Uh, and the conversation? Yeah. Let's get it right back in Hyman. I forget. Yeah, well, yeah you're right. Let's That's my job, it. right? Point guard. Let, let's keep moving. Let's keep shifting around. I've got the baseball ready to rock, too. Um, let's talk about outfield ads because with the bats, we both said Donovan Solano would be a good free agent ad for them because he solves the second base problem immediately, turns Christian Arroyo into a utility guy. Mm -hmm. Another free agent. Arm Layton thinks this is the best fit out there. Nick Castellanos. Yep. He the will play table tennis with the, uh, with the green monster and left. I mean, he'd be... He'd be phenomenal in Boston. The only problem is how much do they value outfield defense? Because it's clear they traded Hunter Renfro away, and you'd be replacing him in right field. Well, yeah, because Verdugo didn't play a lot of right field when Renfro was there, so we assume that Verdugo's going to slide over. Yeah, Verdugo's going to be in right. I, you're just committing Where to a Where do you put Castellanos? Left. Like you're or J.D. Martinez in left and Castellanos is the DA. But like you, you could just put crap fielders in left field. I mean, we saw Manny Ramirez. Like, it's not that hard to play it off the monster. I mean, it's not easy, but it's not hard either. You can you can stick a poor defender, but the left side of that team it sucks. Like with that Devers, sucks. Bogarts, and Castellanos, like that defense sucks. But if we're talking offense... You got Costianos, Best in baseball. Devers, Bogarts, <laughs> JD. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I commit to the bit, man. I mean, we talk about the Houston Rockets, like going with no center and they just chuck 53s a game. Like, that's what the Red Sox would be doing. We don't care if we, we, if we make 200 errors in 162 games, but we're going to hit a billion homers. The thing is, are they going to sign Kyle Schwarber? So that's the other one that I wanted to talk about. Um, he had a 161 WRC plus with the Red Sox. Freaking yeah. raked. Yeah. He is a better left field option than either of those two guys, too. Yeah. And he's not good, but, like, he's better than those two. Is he a better option than Castellanos? Yeah. Is he? Yeah, sure? better arm. I don't know. I'll dive into the defensive run saved. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. Not, not talking about defense. They're both terrible. Um... Castellanos is a better 
is a more valuable player to a team than Kyle Schwarber right now. Yeah, I'd say so. He's going to command a lot more money. Yeah, I, let's sign Nick Castellanos. I guess the other outfield targets, I mean, they've been in on Seiya Suzuki. But like I said on the Giants pod, it seems increasingly like Seiya Suzuki wants to side with a team on the West Coast. Um, yeah. A team that has its spring training in Arizona. Um, two things that the Red Sox do not have. So, more likely than not, he will not become a Boston Red Sox. That's why I think a Castellanos signing makes a lot of sense. So you said you're really sold on Seiya Suzuki. I just asked I am why. Why? The swing, I think. Th- and that's yeah. that, uh, that's not that's not totally 100% it. Um, I just think the swing plays. I think the swing plays. I mean, first of all, his statistics are crazy. Over there are They're crazy. crazy. Like we don't see those kind of stats come over from a guy in his prime. And we already have, I mean, the projection systems are looking at him kind of like an A.J. Pollock type. I'm really excited for that kind of guy. I don't think he's going to come over and look like Shogo, you know. I don't think he's going to come over and look like... I don't think he's going to come over and look like a guy who can't play. I think he's yeah. going to be a guy who really can. And I'm going out on a limb here because I don't have a ton of information to go off of. I don't have a ton of video to go off of. But from what I've seen, I'm a believer. Yeah, um, I will say this about Seiya Suzuki and the Boston Red Sox. I think Suzuki is in a better spot, and I think the team that signs Suzuki is in a better spot if they are not entirely dependent on him being a star when he comes yes. over. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox need to add somebody that they consider a star to get them over the hump. And Suzuki can't do that. He cannot provide... By no fault of his own. Like, the reason we're saying this is because we haven't seen him play stateside. And we haven't seen him struggle. Like, we've only seen the hits on YouTube, on social media, on any of that stuff. Um, So, like, I think the Red Sox, you got to know what you are getting with a free agent signing. You know what you're getting with Castellanos. You know what you're getting with Schwarber. When all these guys are healthy, you know what you're getting. Um that's the only reason why I push back on Suzuki with the Red Sox, because if you're looking to make a concrete improvement to a team that got to the ALCS that wants to win the World Series, I wouldn't sign the the mystery, you know? Maybe I think he's less reason. of a mystery than other people do. And maybe that's just blind, just yeah. me thinking it. Uh, but I agree. I, I don't think, I mean, I think Seiya Suzuki will be star-ish. Um, but I, I, I think so uh, too. I agree with you. I don't think that they should that Seiya should be at the top of their list. I think Castellanos is a great one. Yeah, you think um, you know, like the standard deviation, like curves like that. I think Seiya Suzuki has a much larger standard deviation than like Schwarber or Castellanos. Um, trade pieces I want to throw at you because I think a couple of these guys actually make a lot of sense. Tyler Naquin, I'm I'm so so on. I kind of dig Naquin for defensive prowess in the outfield and a spark plug and a little bit of speed. What do you think when I say that name? They got that. Jackie, Jaron Duran. What's Tyler yeah. Naquin going to come in and add that they don't already have? Right, right. Yeah. I was thinking defensive prowess in the outfield, but you're right. They have it with Jack, with Jackie Bradley. Um, a guy that is super freaking fast and has tools Hasn't seen it pan out fully yet, but can play both center and second base and maybe some left field. Mookie Betts. Is Naquin's teammate. <laughs> Mookie Betts, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, sorry, Red Sox fans. Yeah, sorry. Is t- Naquin's teammate, is Shogo Akiyama's teammate. It's Nick Senzel. I think Nick Senzel could be a perfect ad for the Boston Red Sox. I agree, and I think Nick Senzel was actually, he's going to have a pretty good season next year. My thing is the Reds, they're going to trade him at his lowest common denominator almost. Like you're getting I, him at the I lowest value. I guess we value. need to know. Yeah, I think the Reds, it's almost like they have to keep him to see what they have um, before putting him out in the open market. Because I just don't think the Reds are going to get much for him right now. Yeah. So I like the fit. But also, isn't he kind of a Christian Arroyo? Like, don't they already kind of have these guys? That's why I think Nick, Nick Castellanos is such a good idea now. It's like they already kind of have versions of these guys that you're naming 
maybe slight upgrades, but not worth it to actually deal for. Yeah, um, that's why I've got one more name that I think okay. they should consider dealing for. Ramon Laureano. Fucking love that. Love that. I mean, so if you have Ramon Laureano, so let's say you don't sign Nick Castellanos. You sign Ramon Laureano and you put him in center. Trade for so him. Then, trade for him, excuse me. So now your outfield is Ramon Laureano, Alex Verdugo. And Kike in left. And Kike in left, huh? It's pretty, pretty good. That's a great defensive outfield. A great defensive outfield. So who would you trade for Ramon Laureano? Coming yeah, off of that's the thing. PED thing. That's the thing. Um, his value is lower coming off of the PED thing. His value is also lower because the A's have already shown their hand that they're going to empty. Um, I think Downs, Blaze Jordan, and a filler could do it. If that's it, do it. You think he costs more? No. I almost think he might cost less. All right, so our two trades that, that we're really <laughs> thinking about making here. Wait. Um, yeah. Wait. If you trade for Loriano, you're not signing Castellanos. So would you right. rather trade for Loriano or sign Castellanos? Yeah, and that's a question that the Red Sox have to decide on because Castellanos, are you willing to commit to long-term? Loriano, you can still get for cheap. He's got three more years of control, if I'm not mistaken. They got some firepower in this offense already. I think Loriano makes more sense. I prefer over Castellanos. But I like both deals. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> do you just <laughs> What? Do you just package both? We talked about Lou Trevino. We said we wanted him. Yeah. Um, let's package Lou Trevino and and okay. Loriano. Let's do it. Loriano. Okay. So I'm thinking Trevino and Loriano. Okay. For Jeter Downs, Blaze Jordan, and Alex Benellis. Call it a day. Call it a day. That's a sick trade. Yep. I think that's a pretty good trade. And then you sign Brad Boxberger. And then you sign Brad Boxberger, who wins the uh, AL Cy Young and the He'll Red get Sox. Some votes. They win five World Series in a row. Okay, so let's look at the team now. Yes. Vasquez and Pluecki is the catcher. The first base is Bobby Dalbeck, Tristan Casas when he's ready. Um, Christian Arroyo is going to be the second baseman. If you want to add Donovan Solano, you can. We're signing him. Yes. Let's sign Solano because you got money if you're trading for Loriano. Yes. So you got money Makes to sense. sign Solano. Let's sign Donovan Solano. Xander Bogarts is the shortstop. Rafael Devers is the third baseman. Christian Arroyo is, you know, utility man extraordinaire. Something. Yeah, whatever he needs That's to be. a better infield. That's already a better infield. And then, Kike in left, Loriano in center, Verdugo in right with J.D. Martinez as the D.H. You've got Jackie Bradley as the fourth outfielder, Jaron Duran as the fifth outfielder. That's really, really good. That's really good. Starting rotation, Sale, Yavaldi, Pavetta, Hauk, and then, uh, what do we call him? Dick Walkton. Dick Walkton as the five. Yeah. Rich Hill... Michael Waka, James Paxton, Dick Wachton. Dick uh, Wachton. And then the bullpen. Garrett Whitlock is the closer. Lou Trevino is the setup guy. Matt Barnes, Josh Taylor, Darwinson Hernandez, Austin Davis, Hirokazu Sawa Sawamura, Ryan Brazier, Phillips Valdez, whoever the hell, Chris Murphy, maybe Boxberger. halfway through the year. And Brad Boxberger. I forgot about Boxberger. I think that's a really, really good team, and I think they could win the AL East. That team could win the World Series. If Chris yeah. Sale's back to being Chris Sale, which we both expect him to be, and Nadia Valdi gives us what he did last year, this is an electric team. Dude. Yo, Heim, Damn. text us. We got the answers, Heim. We got you, bro. Wow. Dunkin' All Donuts right. and shit. Yeah, good one. Dunkies. Don't call it Dunkin' Donuts. It's Dunkies. Or Dunks. Um, Bastin. Fuck, that's a good team, dude. We've done good proud of us and congrats to big poppy on being a hall of famer 
Yeah, so you got that thing going on too. You can honor him during this, and yeah, bada bing. Loriano did steroids. Poppy might have. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you got this stuff going on. You could probably chill. Hang out. <laughs> yeah, probably bull. Um, all right, that's it for me. What else you got to plug? Get your not gambling advice merch in the episode description. I'm out here rocking my Just Baseball t-shirt. Check out the guns, people. I'm rocking and I'm rolling. Check us out on social media. At Just yeah, Baseball guess. fans. On TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're at Just BB Media. You're holding up a baseball. I have my Aaron Judge home run ball, which you heard on the Nestor Cortez interview. This yeah. is the home run ball that went like 550 feet as as my eyes estimated it going over my head. Yeah. That's all I got for you. Nothing else, nothing else that's that cool. I think maybe next episode I walk you through my grips. <laughs> yeah. This is how you throw a 74-mile-hour fastball. Uh, Peter, who am I saying thank you to? Thank you, everybody. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.